uh, where we are so excited to begin our sermon series uh, entitled Joy Robbers from the book of Philippians. So if you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and turn to Philippians chapter 1. And this morning, I'm going to kind of give an overview of the entire book of Philippians. And next week, we will begin part one of the sermon series entitled Circumstances. Um, but uh, uh, today, with the Lord being our helper, we're going to kind of give you a brief overview of what uh, the uh, Apostle Paul was letting the Philippians know that would steal our joy. And a way, or a secret, should I say, um, that we can maintain our joy in the midst of these joy robbers um, and how we can defend them off. Um, so we're just so honored to have you this morning. Thank you for tuning in. Um, and at this time, I'm going to open with prayer, ask the Lord to bless the tithes and offerings that you will be giving. Um, and I promise you that they will not be used in vain. They will be used for the furtherance of the gospel. Uh, they will be used for outreach and to reach uh, those in our community. Um, we've actually had a couple people from our community come in contact with us. Um, yesterday, I, I was able to meet a man that just lives down the road, um, said he had only moved to this area about a year ago, and uh, I invited him to church. He said he would tune in live with us this morning, so I hope he's watching uh, this morning. Um, but uh, anyway, the Lord is doing great things here at Bluebell, and I'm excited, and you should be as well. And it's, it wouldn't be possible uh, without your generous giving and being faithful to the commandment of the Lord. So thank you this morning, uh, and thank you for your prayers. Uh, so at this time, let us go to the Lord in prayer and have uh, ask him to have his way in our service this morning. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you as humble as we know how this morning. And Father, we're so humble to be here. And Father, we're thankful uh, for the message that you've put on our heart and for the scriptures uh, that you've placed on us. God, I thank you, Lord, for the leadership and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. I ask God that you would bring us closer to you. I ask, dear God, that you would help us to embrace the secret of Paul, uh, Lord, and how we can have joy in the Lord in the midst of circumstances, in the midst of uh, people coming against us, in the midst of too many things in our lives, and in the midst of our worry and our fear, God, I pray that you would show us that secret and having the joy of the Lord be our strength. Father, we love you this morning, and I'm asking you right now to do a great work. I ask God that you would just bless the media ministry. I ask God that you bless the hearers that are listening live this morning and those that will. Uh, uh, watch it later uh, through the week. I pray, God, that you would bless them. I pray that you would speak to their heart. I ask, dear God, that you will uh, just embrace them and, and make yourself real to them. I ask, God, for revival to come through our land. Lord, not just here at Bluebell, Freewill Baptist Church, but, God, all around the world, I'm asking for a revival uh, to take place in the hearts of the believers that we might get to where God wants us to be and also that we might be greater witnesses to those who are without the sheepfold. God, we love you today, and we thank you for all that you do. Thank you for your many blessings, O oh Lord. Thank you for the, the support that has been sent via PayPal and that has been mailed in over the recent weeks uh, during this pandemic and quarantine. God, thank you for allowing us to have a media ministry to further the gospel. Thank you, Lord, for being with us and helping us. And God, I ask uh, for a supernatural filling of the Holy Spirit this morning. 
God, I cannot do this without you. And God, I'm humbling myself before you today. Forgive us of all of our sin. And God, help us to do right in your eyes. God, help us to be God-pleasers rather than men-pleasers. And God, I pray that you fulfill our, uh, uh, maintain our joy and help us to have that joy unspeakable and full of glory. God, be with us today. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for praying with us this morning. Um, I do have a song that I'm going to try and sing for you this morning. Uh, and it's a, a very old song. Many of you will know it. Um, so sing along with me if you know it. <clears throat> As I walked through the door, I sensed his presence. And I knew this was a place where love abounds. For this is the temple. Jehovah God abides here. And we are standing in his presence on holy ground. We are standing on holy ground. And I know that there are angels all around. Let us praise Jesus now, for we are standing in his presence on holy ground in his presence there is joy beyond all measure and at his feet peace of mind can still be found if you have a need I know he has the answer. Just reach out and claim it, for we are standing on holy ground. We are standing on holy ground. And I know that there are angels all around. Let us praise Jesus now. For we are standing in his presence. On holy ground, just let us praise Jesus now. For we are standing in his presence on holy ground. Thank you this morning. I love that song. I feel the Lord this morning. 
Uh, I'm thankful uh, for how good God's been. Uh, many people may say that the government has mistreated people. I, I see that there's a fight going on in Kansas right now uh, between churches and the governor and, and some of the executive orders that has been passed along throughout the, na the nation. And, and there's an uproar in the White House uh, amongst the Democrats and the Republicans. It's nothing new. It's been going on for years and years and years. But uh, it just seems that all the world is in chaos and all the world is is turning more evil every day. But thank God he is still on the throne and he is good, not because we're good, but because he's always good. And I'm thankful for that. It don't matter how vile, how wicked our world gets. Doesn't matter how bad get Christians. Thank God he'll always be good. Uh, and my salvation is good enough. Uh, to see us through. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for the salvation uh, that's only through the blood of Jesus Christ. And I'm thankful for that this morning. Uh, I'm thankful that that my joy does not come from buying uh, or selling or getting gain. It doesn't come from going fishing and going hunting. It doesn't come from uh, watching sports or anything like that. I'm glad that my joy is in the Lord this morning. My joy uh, and my cup runneth over. He anointeth my head with oil. Uh, and that oil, it represents joy. He anoints our heads with oil, and our cups runneth over. Psalm 23 and verse 5, I believe it is, or verse 4. But um, this morning, uh, this week, as I was studying, praying, and asking the Lord uh, Monday uh, afternoon, the Lord laid this on my heart. And uh, I've been studying this book, uh, Philippians, and uh, and, and it's just blessed me, and I pray that I'll be a blessing to you this morning. Uh, and so we're going to get right on into the scripture this morning uh, in Philippians chapter one, and we're going to begin at verse number one. Uh, don't really know exactly how far we uh, will read today. We might read the whole chapter this morning. I don't know. Um, but like I say, this morning is going to be an overview. It's not really going to be speaking on circumstances this morning. Um, but we're going to give an overview of the entire book of Philippians this morning with the Lord being our helper uh, on a few things that will rob us of our joy. Um, but today, I really want us to focus on the secret of having joy in the midst of these times. So this morning, let's begin reading Philippians chapter number one and verse number one. The word of God says, Paul and Timotheus, uh, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi. With the bishops and deacons, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my every remembrance of you always in every prayer of mine for you all, making request with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Even as it is meet for me to thank this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, ye all are partakers of my grace. For God is my record, how greatly I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, 
that you may approve things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, unto the glory and praise of God. I want to read one more verse, and it's verse 21 of Philippians 1. It says, For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. That's our goal. That's our goal right there. On And that's Paul's secret. I just gave you Paul's secret of how we maintain our joy in the Lord when things come against us to rob us of our joy. Uh, in Warren Wiersbe's book titled Be Joyful, he talks about four elements that will rob us of our joy that Paul talks about in the book of Philippians. In chapter number one, uh, we will get into it next week, but in chapter number one, we see how certain circumstances will rob us of our joy and will absolutely deplenish our joy. Satisfaction and our happiness or our joy that only comes from the Lord, and it will absolutely make you miserable uh, in the midst of these times. Listen, if you ain't got the joy of the Lord, this quarantine has been very, very depressing on you. Uh, it has been very discouraging for a lot of people. It's been very trying for a lot of people simply because they do not have the joy of the Lord. I'm glad that in the midst of chaos like we've been in, I can still have joy in Christ alone because I know that no matter what happens, no matter what comes against me or my family, we're going home to be with Jesus. I'm going to heaven. Thank God I ain't got to put up with this world anymore. Thank God I ain't got to be scared of a place called hell because I ain't going there. Uh, and I can have joy in the Lord because for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Hallelujah. I'm glad that though this life may perish, I'll have a new body, praise the Lord. And one day, I'll be resurrected with him, and I'll live forevermore in a place where Jesus abides. Uh, in chapter number two, we find that certain people, the uh, people that may come against you, uh, will rob you of your joy. And also, I'll say this, being men pleasers, trying to please men rather than pleasing God, that will rob you of your joy because after so long of pleasing somebody sooner or later you're going to let them down and it's going to steal your joy from you because you're going to feel like you're not good enough thank god i know i'm not good enough but the grace of god is and he is able to sustain me until the day that jesus christ returns that's what verse number six says being confident of this very thing that he which has begun a good work in you We'll perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. I'm thankful for that this morning. In chapter number three, we're going to talk about in a few weeks, uh, this won't be any time soon, uh, but in a few weeks, we're going to talk about the things that rob us of our joy. Uh, in ver in uh, chapter number four, and I'm going to give you just a, a verse out of chapter number four to really drive home the point this morning, but Paul really uh, puts a lot of emphasis uh, in chapter number four, uh, and on this verse, chapter number four, Philippians, and verse number six, he says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. 
And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So in chapter number four, in a few weeks, we're going to find that worry will rob us of our joy. And worry, I believe, is an arch enemy to the Spirit of God. I believe worry is one of the few, one of the many things that will immediately quench the spirit in a person's life. And we know that in First Thessalonians chapter five, verse nineteen, I believe it is, or first uh, seventeen, he says, "Quench not the spirit." And there are many things, circumstances, people, things, worry, and the list goes on and on that will quench the spirit of God in our lives. Therefore, robbing us of our joy. In the coming weeks, by the grace of God and the leading of the Holy Spirit, I hope to preach this sermon series titled Joy Roberts. And I pray that you can find the joy that is only found in Jesus Christ. In the first chapter of Philippians, we see that certain circumstances will rob us of our joy. Uh, Warren Wiersbe said this in spite of his difficult circumstances, uh, talking about Paul. You can read the story of Paul and where Paul wrote this letter or this book of Philippians. He, see, all of Paul's books in the New Testament that we know of, the 13 books of the Bible in the New Testament, uh, I know that ain't the only books in the New Testament, but Paul, the Apostle Paul, he wrote 13 of the books in the New Testament. And every one of these books was written in a prison somewhere in a city and he was writing to the churches in those cities. And so in the book of Philippians, Paul is a prisoner in Rome. Now, Philippi, we see in verse number one, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi with the bishops and deacons. Philippi was a Roman colony. Uh, that is where uh, uh, it's not far from the city of Macedonia. And in Acts chapter 16, I, I encourage you this week to go back and read in Acts chapter 16 because that's where the bulk of our messages will come from in the coming weeks. It'll come from Acts 16 and the book of Philippians because they go hand in hand together. And in order to understand the context of the book of Philippians, we have to understand what Paul was facing in the book of Acts in Acts 16. Now we know that he didn't. He wanted to go uh, to uh, Rome as a preacher of the gospel, but instead, in Romans chapter one, we see that Paul ends up in Rome as a prisoner and bound by two guards. <coughs> in spite, Warren Wiersbe said this: In spite of Paul's difficult circumstances as a prisoner in Rome, Paul was rejoicing. The secret of his joy was the single mind. He lived for Christ and the gospel. See, when we only live for Christ and the defense of the gospel, we won't worry about everything else. We won't worry about our job or, or we won't worry about having a nice house or a new car or, or when a baseball season is going to open up or when football season is going to return or or what uh, 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 Tennessee football is thinking, or what Oklahoma football recruits are doing, or, or anything like that. When we live for Christ and the gospel, that is the sole thing that we worry about, and that is the sole thing 
that we should have our focus on in our lives. Because when we start worrying about everything else outside of our control, see, that's what we like worrying about, ain't it? We, we don't necessarily worry about the things that we can control, do we? We don't control, uh, if there's something that we know that we can handle and we can control, we don't really worry it as bad of it as bad as when there is something outside of our control that we know we have no control over, but yet we tend to worry over that. And all it is is we are wrestling in a spiritual warfare against rulers of darkness and, and evil things in high places. We're wrestling against, uh, we're, we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but we wrestle with uh, 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 the, the evil spirits and, and rulers of darkness in Ephesians 6. And it's those things that we start worrying about. See, there's a lot of unknowns. Even with this coronavirus, there's still a lot of unknowns. Uh, uh, many states are talking about opening their economies back up come May 1st. And I hope and pray that it does. I pray that that is, that is something that is able to happen across our nation. But there is still people that are going to be without jobs uh, because of layoffs. Their companies ain't going to be prepared to bring them back right away um there are certain things that are out of our control that we're worrying about but see in doing that and in those circumstances in these circumstances that we're living in today we're ha we've been quarantined for almost 40 days or longer i feel like me and my wife's been quarantined a lot longer than 40 days but it's circumstances outside of our control we had no control over it. There are certain circumstances in your life. You might be one that's been afflicted with the coronavirus. That is a circumstance outside of your control. But here's the thing. Even in the midst of sickness, even in the midst of cancer or a terminally ill disease that may take your life from you, you can still have joy in the Lord because all you have to worry about is living for for Christ and the defense of the gospel. That was Paul's mindset. That is why Paul, even in the prison in Macedonia in Acts chapter 16, we find that uh, in, I can't remember what verse it is. I want to think it's verse 20, somewhere along the way there. It says, and at midnight, Paul and Silas sang and praised the Lord and prayed at midnight in the prison. He was in a dung hill. He was in a dung pit where, where it was filthy and there was all kinds of, of, of nasty things around him. He was in mud and, and he was entrenched and he had a prisoner garden or a, he had a guard watching over that uh, 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 dungeon that he was in. But yet Paul and Silas, they maintain the joy of the Lord because... All they had to fear or all they had to uh, uh, worry about in their life was whether or not they were living for Christ and the defense of the gospel. That is what we ought to do. Now, Warren Wearsby posed this question. He said, what, is, what really is a single mind? Some of you this morning may be asking the same thing. What is a single mind? 
It is the attitude that says it makes no difference what happens to me just as long as Christ is glorified and the gospel is shared with others. That is the single mind that we, are all, we all ought to have. <coughs> the secret is this. When you have the single mind, you look on your circumstances as God-given opportunities for the furtherance of the gospel. And you rejoice at what God is going to do instead of complaining about what God did not do. Ain't that amazing? I mean, think about it. And I'm the world's worst. When things don't go our way, what is the first thing that we do? We immediately complain because we didn't have our way. And all we need is an attitude adjustment. All it takes is a repentant heart, seeking the Lord, confessing our faults because we know that First John said that if we would confess our faults and uh, confess our sins unto Jesus Christ, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I'm the world's worst complainer, I promise you. And I'm coming to you from from a, 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 a sincere heart this morning because the Lord, through this message, God is showing me that I need to complain less and be grateful more and have a single mind that no matter what is outside of my control, I can still control whether or not I choose to live for Christ and the defense of the gospel. Every day that we wake up and live, every time that we go to work, every time that we stay quarantined and in the house, even while you're at home, you ought to choose that day to live for Christ and Christ alone. Because when you start living for yourself, you start finding depression and discouragement. You start finding, you start complaining about things at home. You get tired of being at home. Boy, that's one thing I've complained about. I'm a go-getter. I, I want to be go, 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 go all the time. And I've complained. And God forgive me for that. God has showed me that I needed an attitude adjustment because it's in these times that we're quarantined that we ought to develop a heart of gratitude unto the Lord Jesus Christ because He is our help. The writer in Psalms said, I will look into the hills from which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. Nehemiah, when he was rebuilding the walls in the book of Nehemiah, and I, 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 I'm going <clears> to <throat> preach on Nehemiah a little bit in a few weeks when I get to chapter 2, but I want to give you just an insight on why uh, people, and, and you've heard the saying, uh, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Well, I want to tell you why we say that. Because Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 10, he said, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And he was talking to the people there who was weeping over the law because the law showed them that they were sinners and showed them how, how far away from God they've gotten. But Nehemiah told him to have joy and to rejoice in the Lord because He is our strength. This morning, I want us to have joy in the Lord. 
because he is our strength. And because in the midst of this chaos, in this unprecedented time that we're living in, we can entertain and we can maintain the joy of the Lord in our lives. We do not have to let the coronavirus to cause depression and discouragement and, and anger and malice and strife and envy and jealousy and all these things. See, uh, when we're silent and when, we're, uh, when we think we're being still, you're actually either going forward or you're going backward. And what the devil wants to do is in the midst of this time, he wants to bog our mind down with elements outside of our control. That's what he's doing to a lot of Christians today. He's making them fear and worry about this coronavirus. If you're a child of God, you have no need to fear. Because sooner or later, we're going to have to face our enemy, which is death. We're going to have to face our enemy, death, and one day step from this life into eternity. But what matters is if we choose every day to live for Christ and the defense of the gospel. That's why Paul had joy in the midst of prisons. The secret is this. You can rejoice at what God is going to do instead of complaining about what God did not do. Thank God this morning. I want us to look in a, a couple verses, and I hope you have your Bibles open this morning because there's a lot of verses I'm going to bring out to you. <coughs> did you know? I wish uh, uh, I wish I would have talked to my media ministry, uh, but the Lord just put this on my heart. I wish I had a slide that said, did you know? Because I want you to know a few things. Did you know this? That Jesus Christ is named 18 times in the first chapter of Philippians? That's a lot of times. In verses... Christ is mentioned 18 times in verse 1 and 2. We see Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi with the bishops and deacons. Verse number 1, we see he's mentioned twice. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. He's mentioned three times in two verses. Now let's look at verse number 6. And it says, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. That's the fourth time. Now let's look in verse number eight. For God is my record, how greatly I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. I want to stop right here just for a moment and enlighten you on the word bowels. The word bowels simply means uh, uh, that it's a deep love. It's a deep sense of love. In the love of Jesus Christ. Verse number 10. We see. That ye may approve things that are excellent. That ye may be sincere and without offense. Till the day of Christ. That is the seventh time. Sixth time. Yes. Sixth time. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness. Which are by Jesus Christ. The seventh time. Unto the glory and praise of God. But I would, uh, 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 let's see, verse 13 says, So that my bonds in Christ, eighth time, are manifest in all the palace and in all play other places. Verse number 15. It says, Some indeed preach Christ, 
There's the ninth time. Even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preached Christ. The, uh, I lost my place. Twelfth? Tenth? Tenth time? The one preached Christ of contention, not sincerely supposing to add affliction to my bonds. Verse number 18, it says, What then? Notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. That's 11. Verse 19, For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. The twelfth time. Verse number 20, it says, According to my earnest expectation, my hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ, that's the thirteenth time, shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. Verse 21. For to me to live is Christ, thir- uh, 14th time, and to die is gain. Verse 23. For I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, the 15th time, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in you, the flesh is more needful for you. And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for your faith, furtherance, for your furtherance and joy of faith. That your rejoicing may be more abundant in Jesus Christ the 16th time for me by my coming to you again. Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ the 17th time. That whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs that ye stand fast in one spirit with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. Verse 29 says, For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. That's the 18th time in verse 29. So we see how important it is to maintain an attitude of living for Christ. Paul, the only reason that he had joy in the midst of his suffering in verse 29, he said not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. So he's letting us know, listen, living for Christ is not going to be easy, but you can enjoy it. See, a lot of people, they want to endure their salvation. They they don't want to have uh, the joy unspeakable and full of glory. They want to live their life how they want to live it, and they just want to endure their salvation to ensure their place in heaven. But I want to have joy in my life. And the only way that we can have joy in the midst of this disastrous world that we're living in. Listen, if you watch the news or listen to the radio, friend, you're going to be perplexed and you're going to be distressed and you're going to have anxiety and you're going to have fear and worry and you're going to have all these things bombard your life and you're going to be miserable. But you can have the joy of the Lord and all it requires is having a single mind. A single mind of saying, you know what? Hey, devil, I'm going to live for Christ today, and there ain't nothing you can do to stop it. I'm going to spread the gospel today, and there's nothing that a devil in hell can do about it. All right, so I informed you that the name of Christ is named 18 times in the first chapter. The gospel is mentioned six times in chapter number one. Look with me in verse number five says, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Verse number seven says, even 
done as it is meet for me to think this of you because I have you in my heart in as much uh, as both of my bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, ye all are partakers of my grace. <coughs> Excuse me, verse number 12. It says, but I would ye should understand, brethren, that the things which happened to me have fallen out rather into the furtherance of the gospel. That's the third time. Verse number 17. Sorry, I'm counting. I, I'm only counting five this morning. But I know I counted six this week unless I counted one twice. Verse 5, verse 12, verse 17 says this. But the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. Verse 27 says, Only let your conversation be, be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Verse 27 mentions it twice. That's why I was only counting five. <laughs> so there it is. Six times in the book of chapter one, uh, the, the word gospel is mentioned. So Paul is trying to drive home the importance now listen, this single mind is not only for chapter number one. I'm with the Lord being my helper. We're going to show you in the coming weeks how in having a single mind will help you throughout the entire book of Philippians. Now next week I told you I'm going to preach on circumstances. And so uh, this, this morning I want us to understand how important it is to have a single mind for when these circumstances that we're going to talk about next week is going to be so important in heaven because when circumstances come, and they will come, I promise you, they will come, difficult situations will come to you, and if you have the single mind of Christ, you can have joy in the midst of your tribulation and in the midst of your trial of faith. John chapter 10, verse 10 says this, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. John 15 11 says this, These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you. Ain't that amazing? Now listen, you can turn to John chapter 15 and you'll see it written in red. Red ink signifying that our Lord Jesus Christ spoke these things to us that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Despite circumstances, despite people, despite things that may come against you and attack you, and despite the worry that the devil will infiltrate into your mind, he wants our joy to be full. Why? Because our joy comes from Him. And if our joy comes from Him, 
He will take care of everything for us. Because Romans 8 and 28 says, uh, For we know that all things work together for the good to them that love Christ and who are called according to His purpose. Jesus wants our joy to remain in us. And He wants it to be full. Paul is rejoicing in the midst of unpredictable circumstances because of his single mind. Or one might could say, and I love this, his eye being single is solely focused on Jesus Christ and the gospel. In Matthew chapter 9, uh, chapter 6, uh, Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 24, it says this, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break for See, joy robbers, joy robbers, they're trying to steal your treasures. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth rust, or thieves not be thrown or steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Notice in verse 22, very important. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. The single mind saying, you know what? I'm going to lay up my treasures in heaven. I'm going to live for Christ no matter the cost. Verse 23, but that I be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Matthew chapter 6 and verse nine, uh, verse 24. You cannot serve God and mammon. And, and many people have said that word mammon references money uh, and, and other things. But simply what he is saying is you cannot serve God and the world at the same time. You cannot have the joy of the Lord and still worry about things that are outside of your control. You cannot have God, uh, you cannot serve Christ and still uh, worry about circumstances that may come into your life or diseases that may come into your life. You cannot have joy in the Lord and let people belittle you and destroy your uh, hope in the Lord. You cannot have joy when, when things overcloud and overtake your life. You cannot serve God and mammon. When we attempt to live for Christ and still live for ourselves as being self-gaining, self-centered, self-serving, self-seeking, and the list goes on, self-absorbed, self-confident, uh, 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 self or whatever you want to say. When we, live, we cannot attempt to live for Christ and still be selfish and still only worry about us because we will not have the joy unspeakable and full of glory, as mentioned in First Peter chapter one, <clears throat> verses eight and nine, and it says this: "Whom having not seen, ye love; and whom though now ye see not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation." of your souls. I'm going to close this morning. I believe this is a good stopping point because uh, if I go any further, I'm going to have to preach next week's message. Uh, and uh, we've been going for 
about 40 minutes this morning. So I want to give you, uh, I'm going to end you, uh, uh, I'm going to end the sermon this morning like a good TV show. It's going to keep you on the edge of the seat. I'm going to leave you with a hook this morning because I want you to come back next week and hear the rest of the sermon on Philippians chapter 1. It's like a good TV show. I hope you're on the edge of the seat saying, I can't wait to hear next week. I can't wait to get back and hear what he's going to say. Whom having not seen you love, in whom, though now you see not, yet believing you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. I want to leave you with this this morning. Too much self will starve the Spirit of God. The Bible says, uh, and, and I'll, have, I'll have to find it for next week so that I can pick back up where I left off. But the Word of God says, and I believe it's in the book of James, that God resisteth the proud, but He giveth grace unto the humble. Too much self will starve the Spirit of God. I pray this morning that this week you will try to find your single mind. Just as Paul, Paul had a secret. And Paul wants to share the secret of his joy with us so that in the midst of turmoil and in the midst of chaos and a crisis like COVID-19, we can have joy in the Lord And we can still wear a smile on our face. And when somebody asks how we're doing, we can say we're blessed. Thank God. Because we have the joy of the Lord. So come back and be with us next week at Bluebell Free Will Baptist Church. And let's uh, dive into the Word of God once again where we're going to learn about circumstances that rob us of our joy. Let us pray this morning. Thank you for tuning in with us. Thank you for for loving us and and for praying for us. And thank you for your monetary support uh, through your tithes and offerings. We we love you and thank you so much. So I I hope you'll pray with us today. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you this afternoon as humble as we know how. Father, we love you for who you are. And Father, we're thankful today for the Word of God. We're thankful for what your Word means to us. We're thankful for the message that you've laid on our heart. Father, today I ask that you would touch the country. Uh, the world. I pray, God, that the coronavirus would be ended. I pray, God, that you would allow your people to come back to the house of worship. I pray, dear God, that you would allow us, uh, uh, allow those who have been laid off uh, 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 indefinitely. I pray, God, that you would allow them to return back to work to provide for their families. But, God, I pray that we would not re-enter the society the way that we entered this crisis. God, I pray that we come forth shining like gold. I pray, God, that we're closer to to you than we ever have been. I pray, God, that when the world goes back to normal, I pray that the uh, uh, God, uh, the, the blood-bought children of God will be closer and more on fire for you. I pray that, God, when we come back into the house of worship, we'll be shouting the house down that we will uh, worship you and that we will praise your name. But, God, most of all, that when we're in the communities, and that when we are on our job sites, that we have the joy of the Lord to defend the gospel and to live for Christ and to make your name known unto the lost generation and to the lost 
sheep of Israel, that they too might be saved and experience the joy that only comes from you. Father, we love you today, and we're so thankful for all that you do for us. Thank you, Father, for being with us this morning. Thank you for filling me with the Holy Spirit. God, thank you, Lord, for the Spirit of God that we feel here. I pray, dear God, that those that are at home and that are watching, I pray that they felt your Spirit. I pray, uh, God, that if they don't have the joy of the Lord in their house, in their hearts, I pray, God, that you would uh, bring them to repentance, that they might seek you upon an altar in their house and ask you for the joy that comes from Christ. I ask, dear God, today that you would bring us strength and, God, that we might have a mind to live for Christ and to uh, live for the gospel. Father, For uh, just as the Apostle Paul said, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Father, we love you today. Thank you for all that you do. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen.